You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the show. Good to be back on the air. Thank you to Andrew Bogus for stepping in yesterday. He'll be here in 20 minutes always to hang out. Thank you to Tom DeCelestino, the executive producer, for his hard work and for just being him. We're all coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. We need you cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. A lot of things to dive into over the course of the next couple hours. A very bizarre NBA power rankings to kick off that weekly segment here on the show. The team that wants to tank more than any other the Utah Jazz have a chance to appear in it. The world is upside down. What's going on? Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, having difficult seasons. Aaron Rodgers a little bit worse than Tom Brady's only because we are masters and captives of the moment. Tom Brady coming off a big win. But they each spoke yesterday, and it's interesting in how, how their egos and how their competitiveness, the line between those things being leadership and cumbersome weights that have to be carried is often a matter of success. We'll hear from each of those guys. We'll talk about that. I've also got a comparison to them at an old sad guy I saw at a bar, so we're just going to bring it all full circle. We're going to get into um, D-Cell. Good morning, Tom, by the way. I, you know, I shouldn't talk about you like you're not here. That's rude. How are you? Good morning. Uh, happy hump day to you, Bill. Good morning. Mm, thank you. Yeah, happy hump day. Uh, love that expression. Um, D-Cell, as you know, D-Cell, and if you listen to the show a lot, you know that he, he loves the Batman films. His favorite movies of all time are the Christopher Nolan Batman films, and he's been pushing me lately. The reason they're so good is that the original Dark Knight film, whatever it's called, Batman, isn't, or, what, what's the term you used? Or, or Origin story. I almost said origination. You know, so Diesel wants to do an origin story on an expression, cooking with gas later. I didn't really want to do it, but he sent me a bunch of research, and he put in the work, so it's weird. We're going to do it. And I also can't say origin story very effectively. I'll host a radio show someday. Uh, Brady Pink is going to be on the program by or sell in an hour and a half. We'll get into Kyrie Irving meeting with, with Adam Silver, given that controversy. Baseball with some bad signs. The ratings came out. Uh, college football playoff is interesting, though, as expected. A lot of things to tackle. I, I do want to update you on Jeff Saturday, who I have not had a chance to talk about as I wasn't on the air yesterday. As you know, Jeff Saturday, legendary cult, television personality analyst, and we've seen TV people get these kind of jobs, friend of the owner of the Colts, has been named the interim head coach in Indianapolis, and it caused, understandably, an uproar. Now, the Rooney Rule, which is a rule that requires NFL teams to hire minority candidates to try and improve diversity in hiring, does not apply in these kind of situations. It's sneaking through on a technicality. But the spirit of the rule is really what that is about, not necessarily following it and then moving on. So it's upset a lot of people in that respect. I get it. I understand it. Proper to do so. Uh, It's upset a lot of folks, whatever their backgrounds. It has united the coaching world. And I've got a a cousin who coaches high school basketball. That's his career. I've got friends who coach. Uh, We talk about coaches all the time. It's a fraternity where you have to work your tail off to get where you're going. And to see somebody cut the line, not do the work, as Andrew, I'm sure, talked about yesterday, as everybody talked about yesterday, not have a single ounce of coaching experience outside of a mediocre stint in high school is not going to endear him, Jeff Saturday, to the folks who cover 
the NFL, who watch the NFL, who are part of the NFL coaching class, and maybe not the players. And some news today pushed that story a little, a little further forward. The absurdity of it, to me, the obvious nature of Jim Irsay, the owner, wanting to tank and of the Colts' cultural disaster. Because, and if you haven't heard of this guy, it's okay, neither had I. In fact, I got his name wrong this morning. Parks Frazier. His name is Parks Frazier, Diesel. Sounds like Parks and Rec. It sounds like it's a joke on the world. Uh, Parks Frazier is a 30-year-old who actually close to now fired former head coach Frank Reich. Reich was an ordained minister, I believe, and officiated at Frazier's wedding. Frazier, and I don't have it in front of me, but I believe is the assistant backup sort of almost quarterbacks coach, is what his actual, if you go to his LinkedIn, then there's a question mark after that, uh, is going to be calling plays starting this weekend. And it reinforces in a serious way the, I think, legitimate complaints that Jeff Saturday doesn't belong in this job. It reinforces the sense that this is a clown car, and every time a door opens, something embarrassing, not funny, not okay, a humiliation for the Colts steps out for all the world to see and mock. And it certainly gives the lie to Jim Ursay's comments to a reporter when asked about tanking. I'm just going to read you most of the quote getting rid of some of the choicier words, quote, this is about tanking for Merce, the owner of the Colts, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard that we're tanking. That's bull stuff. He didn't say stuff. We're in this thing. 9-7-1 gets us in, no question about it. I'm going to stop there. I think all of the anger, I think all of the frustration, all of the things that were said yesterday, and I don't want to put words in, in, in Bokish's mouth, but I'm assuming, D-Cell, that yesterday Andrew came on and, like everyone else, criticized this decision and right to do so. Everything, every ounce of criticism in the broader picture that has been handed down makes this ridiculous. It is a farce. It is either remarkable incompetence in trying to win football games or remarkable incompetence and not knowing how to tank and hire the people to tank without it being crystal clear. Either way, Jim Irsay looks like an idiot again. Looks like someone who doesn't know how to run a football team, an organization, to hire the right people Again. But I, do, and I don't know Jeff Saturday from Adam. I don't know anything about him. I, I think it's really interesting, the, the, the criticism that's come down from outside ESPN. I think it was Kyle Brandt on NFL Network who said, Kyle Brandt, he would like to see ESPN talent if they're able to criticize Jeff Saturday. Fair point. Not sure I've ever seen Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football criticize the Brian Flores situation in Miami. So we're all captive sometimes to the people we work for. It's an excellent point. But some of the criticism, some of the frustration, some of the anger yesterday came down on Jeff Saturday in particular. Jamel Hill, who I don't know and respect a lot, said that she likes him, knew him in her interactions, but wondered if he was embarrassed. And I just want to put this into the record. And again, I'm not defending this decision. It's absurd. I'll say it three times. I'll say it slowly. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. But I'm not going to be mad at Jeff Saturday for taking this job, and neither should you. You shouldn't be. Dan Orlovsky, who I like a ton, is a friend of the show, comes on the program even though he's big time now, great guy, said in the, in, in the storm of information that was coming out about Saturday's hiring as the interim head coach with the Colts, a job that he doesn't deserve. Again, it's absurd. absurd. Orlovsky said he wants to come someday and he'd love to go and be a part of the staff. Because human beings, people, all of us, we take the jobs and opportunities that are given. We don't turn them down. 
Now, Jeff Saturday has to know, and maybe he doesn't. Sometimes when you're friends with billionaires, I imagine I'm actually not friends with billionaires. Well, I'm friends with one billionaire. He's, he's hard to like, though, even though he's a buddy of mine. Sometimes when you're friends with powerful people, sometimes when you've lived a life in which you have been celebrated, through your own excellence, by the way, again and again and again, you can be tone deaf to reality. We're going to hear that from Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in a second. I hope Jeff Saturday understands it's an opportunity on a knife's edge. If he doesn't succeed, if he looks incompetent, if there are stories out there about what a moron he is as a head coach, he will never coach again. The clown car is not a great way to interview for a job, even if it gets you into the arena you want to be in. So this isn't a guarantee that Jeff Saturday is suddenly in the club. But I would take that job if it was offered to me right now. And given the fact that it's Jim Ursay, were I to bump into him on the street, maybe I could become the defensive coordinator tomorrow. I mean, that's, it's actually not a stretch to make that point. We all take the jobs we're offered. We all take the opportunities that we're offered. Dan Orlovsky is sort of publicly clamoring for and auditioning for a job in the midst of Jeff Saturday being criticized aggressively. Orlovsky is a smart guy. He knows that if he became the offensive coordinator, he won't because the guy that's named after Parks and Rec is, is, you know, Parks Frazier, you know, slipped right past him. But Orlovsky knows if he got one of those jobs, he'd be criticized aggressively. Why would he do it? Because you have to seize these moments when they come along. I think it's incredibly unfair to people who, who coach for a living. I think it's a bad football decision. I think it's a bad public relations decision. I think that it is a reminder that if you are not a part of the club, if you're a minority coach, if you don't have access to a billionaire, whatever it may be, this is why the Rooney Rule is in place and is important. You are p- competing at a disadvantage. All of these things that have happened in the last 24 hours as it relates to the Colts, Jeff Saturday being named the guy. Jeff Saturday naming someone none of us have heard of a 30-year-old. Good for him, I guess. Go for it. He's not even the offensive coordinator. He's the play caller as the assistant sort of almost backup quarterbacks. Sometimes I can bring them water guy or whatever his job is. All the criticisms warranted. I just don't know if it's warranted to Jeff Saturday. Take the jobs that you're offered. Take the opportunities that come your way. If I got offered tomorrow $6 million a year to work at this or a different radio network, I would know immediately that someone had confused me with six or seven other radio hosts out there. If the contract, because we work in contracts, got sent to me, and it said my name, but clearly whoever was drawing up the deal had unfortunately engaged in some day drinking, and I understood that people would be fired over it, that I didn't deserve the job, that I shouldn't make $6 million a year, I would still sign the contract. And so would you. If if offered the opportunity tomorrow to run Barcelona Football Club or the Los Angeles Lakers, I would take the job knowing I am absolutely not qualified. And so would you. You seize these moments, and in smaller ways, we've all had opportunities like this. It turns out that many of us, not football coaches, I don't think Jeff Saturday deserves the gig, but many of us, when we've gotten the jobs we've gotten, or I'll speak for myself, but I think it's universally true, you work hard to get something, which is different here than, 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 than Saturday. I, I get it. And when you get it, you think, oh, my God, can I actually do this? It's a leap, right? It's a leap of faith. Can I actually host a solo radio show? Can I actually go on television for three minutes with Donovan McNabb and Andy Roddick and get through this and not be fired? Can I actually work at Bishop's Buffet in Dubuque, Iowa, and know how to change the food in and out so that the old people can get fed at the lunch rush hour? All of those things and other jobs that I've done, didn't know if I could do it, and you make a leap of faith. 
Jeff Saturday's made a leap because at every step of his career, he has succeeded. He made it to the National Football League. If you saw the, uh, I was going to have T-Cell cut it, but it's too many swear words. If you saw the, um, the viral clip yesterday that was servicing when, uh, back when Peyton Manning was playing and was mic'd up and he went at Saturday. And the thing that's an amazing takeaway from that is Saturday challenging that way Peyton Manning. So he was able to challenge one of the great quarterbacks of all time and the greatest quarterback in Colts history, be rewarded for it. In a good way. That's part of, that's part of sports. Those of you who play know that. Decided to become a, a television personality. That's not easy. It's not a guarantee. He made that leap and it worked. I understand why he's making the leap now and he thinks it's going to work. It's probably not. He's probably going to fall on his face. He's probably going to fail. One thing I've learned in life is that you or we, or in my case me, you, know, you may not know whether you can succeed at something that's the next big step and whatever you're trying to do. I mean, this is, you play sports, you play golf, you go gamble, you step up a level to No Limit Hold'em tournament, your career, whatever. And what I've realized is, A, you got to bet on yourself, and B, it's the per- per- person, it's the people hiring you who usually dictate whether you're good enough. I can remember getting some huge breaks in my career, very, feeling very blessed, very lucky, and very scared. And one of the guys who hired me once, where I said to him, because I'm an idiot, I don't think you should hire me for this. What are you doing? Said to me, I'll never forget, don't insult me. I know my business. Don't ever tell me I don't know my business. I'm not mad at Jeff Saturday. And if somebody of a higher level of competence, a track record of of savvy maneuverings through the National Football League as an owner, if someone that I respected and you respected had hired him, I'd be more inclined to think that this leap Jeff Saturday's making, he would find himself landing with success on the other end. The issue isn't Jeff Saturday. It's not even poor looks at notes. Parks Frazier. The issue is Jim Irsay. Because when that guy gives you your big break, it's more likely to break you than to make you. But I just wanted to say today, in light of this news, I'm not sure we should be mad at Jeff. You can be angry. You can be jealous. You can think he doesn't deserve it. Got it. Get all of that. I work in a profession where people all the time get things they don't deserve. In both directions, by the way. I'm sure you do too. That's life. The ire and the issue here, the frustration with what this says about good old boy networks, the ability to cut the line, all of it has to do with the owner of the Colts and not the random analyst who's probably going to get humiliated the rest of the way coaching a team with a 19-year-old, oh, I'm sorry, 30-year-old, calling the plays. We might all feel bad for Jeff Saturday in a few weeks. I'm not sure we should be mad at him for doing what most of us would do, and that's taking that leap. All right, that's what I got to say. 855 855- 212-4CBS. I have a lot I want to get into in the next segment. Um, Brady and Rogers spoke. They're kind of uh, eyebrow raisers. I got a comparison to an old sad guy at a bar that I think sort of applies. And um, we got the college football playoff rankings that came out. Kind of expected, but want to get into that. And, and D-Cell wants an origin story on the expression, cooking with gas. We're cooking with gas. It's all coming up next year on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Man, that's interesting to listen to that clip because I already have a high voice, but it goes real high when I feel bad, doesn't it? I was sometimes. It's like you wanted to say a number that was higher than 93. I did. I don't even know the context, but I know me. You are correct, sir. Uh, I am in Florida right now. I'm in beautiful South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. I can see the ocean from, from my hotel room. It's very nice when I'm at it. And um, I was at a bar last night at this uh, work puts us up at this resort. So it's a very weird vibe, right? I'm here for work and everybody's drinking and having fun on vacation. And I'm at the bar and there's an older gentleman. 
and I mean like 70 and sort of dressed up, and I don't know what they're called, ascot, but he's got some fancy thing around, whatever. And he's clearly trying to, and you know, God bless him, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Express himself romantically with some ladies who were much younger than him. I believe the term is hit on. Stu Kovacs would know what, what the kids are saying these days. And it was, and I couldn't catch all of it, but it was an awkward, it wasn't quite, hey, you're groovy. You want to go to Saturday Night Fever? But it wasn't far off. The things that worked in the past, sometimes that worked, I'm sure, to great effect. I'm sure the guys had a merry old time here in Southern uh, Florida over the years. Can suddenly one day, at a certain point where your age changes and maybe your performance on the football field is what I'm talking about changes, uh, it, it's, it just comes off as, as not what sounded cool and interesting and suave and confident before sounds petty or small or kind of sad. And I think, as I was watching this guy, I was thinking about that. And this morning, as I listened to Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, at the ends of their careers, come what made this season, and so far it's been disappointing, a very similar level of tone deafness. The things you used to say worked, but you look and you sound a lot like the guy in the bar in Fort Lauderdale, Tom and Aaron, because things have changed, and you're not the 27-year-old or even you know 36-year-old, or in Brady's case, even 43-year-old quarterback leading teams to success. Uh, let's start with the criticism and then go to the arrogance, because we've got a little bit of each. Uh, Tom Brady on the SiriusXM podcast he does, is it the Let's Go podcast? How about, like, let's go into retirement? Is that where we're going to co- Anyway, he was, um, oh, bogus liked it. Good morning, Andrew. Uh, he was talking about his team and proceeded to just throw the entire squad under the bus. No one's trying to be average. If you want to be a great team, you got to be way better than average. So correcting our mistakes, improving our effort, which that's probably the most embarrassing part of our team is our effort level um, on game day. And that's something we better fix. I mean, maybe the embarrassing part is the quarterback who doesn't come to work on Wednesdays and skipped a preparation day to go to a wedding of the owner of a team he used to play for. And I'm not trying to take shots, but it just sounds different. And I know they're coming off that that big win against the Rams, and Brady's the guy that led that drive, and great job, and they're only a game under 500. But there's a tone deafness to it. It really reminds me of the old guy. Hey, man, these lines work better when you were different. And for Tom Brady, I think it sounds a little tone deaf in the context of his own shortcomings. And he's got stuff in his personal life, but so does everybody else on that team of varying degrees. Now, it's not quite the raging arrogance. And, and again, this is this, now this Aaron Rodgers and the Pat McAfee show. Arrogance can be fine, right? It, it can work in the right context. To me, this is not it. I always believe in myself first, and I bet on myself first to go out there and to and – to to impact the game and to be great and I still know I have that within me still the reigning defending two-time MVP oh yeah regardless who's out there with me guys want to come battle they know where to find me oh yeah I'll be I'll be in the center of that huddle expecting greatness trying to inspire the best I can and laying it on the line oh yeah what was that what was that bogus so was that, was that a, a verbal hug they were throwing Aaron's way? Yeah, and who whose voice is that, D-Cell? Oh, uh, that was Mr. Pat McAfee. Oh, right, right. I should have known that. Oh, yeah. Look, we, we all work in radio. We all know people who are like this. I've worked with, when I was working my way up, with very formerly successful radio hosts. We all eventually go away. And the ones who would just do nothing but tell me their resume, nonstop, 
were the ones I learned whose careers were not going the way that they wanted. Like, I don't care what you did in Chicago in the 1980s. How about we talk about LeBron James today? And, and this, to me, rings of that a, 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 a little bit. Oh, and I don't like Aaron Rodgers, and you don't like Tom Brady, Bogish. By the way, Andrew, thanks for filling in yesterday, pal. Hey, thanks for asking. More importantly, I appreciate it. I love having you do it. Was Diesel nice, or was he like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady there? I thought we had a great day yesterday. A day where they were they were supposed to have two buddies, two coworkers hanging out, talking shop, talking sports, making fun of people for two hours. Sometime before that, prepping for the two-hour show. Yeah. I thought yesterday went well, but I'm sure Diesel hated it, and I was a jerk somehow. Diesel, how'd it go, man? Uh, Spike and David told me I had to play nice, so I was as nice as I could possibly be. What does you being nice look like? I'd like to just see what it. Uh, not little... being mean. It's when you know. It's when your parents tell you if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. It was kind of on Is that, that level. You... you just weren't speaking. Yeah, n- no real compliments, but I wasn't. You know, I wasn't my normal Eeyore self. Right now, you do. I, and I, I need you to hear these initial words. This is about my insecurities, my issues, not yours. But there is a way where you say good segment or there's a good oh, show. He does. There's like an uptick at the end. <laughs> no, he does. Yeah. That yeah. makes it sound like he doesn't believe it or he's surprised he by it. Like, Oh, you didn't mess that up. Good job. I didn't hate that. But My I, favorite is when I want to do something, he doesn't. And after I'm like, what do you think? He's like, yeah, that, um, yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I did it, bro. Yeah. We, uh, we stayed on the <laughs> that air. That wasn't the question. <laughs> Siskel. Ebert. <laughs> Oh, so you experienced that in one show, huh? I try yeah. to have positive reinforcement no matter what, but sometimes I forget about the positive part. So you guys weren't cooking with grease. So earlier today, I was in a really good mood. Was it me or you who said cooking with Oh, no, that grease? was you. That was all you. And and do you know what's wrong with cooking with grease, the expression cooking with grease, Bogish? I don't think you want to cook with grease, right? Isn't it dangerous? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I got the expression wrong. So apparently it's cooking with gas. Yes, it's easier and sustainable. Would you like to know where that expression comes from? The Industrial Revolution. It originated in the mid to late 30s as an advertising slogan thought up by the natural gas industry to convince people to use gas rather than electricity. This is literally an early madman trick where they, where they, they trick us into just carrying water for their advertising schemes. I propose we trick them, we fight back with cooking with electricity. We change the expression. Who's coming with me? We're going back? Why don't we go all the way back? Cook with coal. Let's do it. Come on. How about just cook with fire? Yes, wood. Cooking with wood. I don't think Aaron Rodgers, this is the first time listening to that Rodgers clip. I don't think he's gonna, they're going to figure it out. Because I didn't hear anything about his team. I didn't hear anything about I got to lead these guys. I didn't hear anything about we need. What I heard is I'm amazing. And that's it. He's well aware of the lack of talent around him. He's also well aware that he's getting older and not playing at that same exact MVP level. Listen, he's still a good quarterback. He's probably still an elite quarterback. He's not what he was last year, and he's not what he was the year before that, and he knows it. He's trying so hard to live up to that clip I'm the two, that he's throwing interceptions in the red zone multiple times which is something he tends not to do over the course of entire seasons. I mean, there are multiple people smarter than me about football, whether it was from a fantasy perspective or just picking that game, that were adamant in the run-up to that game last week. This is the time he'll look Aaron Rodgers-ish. The Lions are that bad on defense. They've already fired their secondary coach. They're not going to stop him. And he was awful. 
awful. And he must be awful. insufferable daily in headquarters. I was on the Lions, and I was trying to remember why. Did Costos come on and push us in that direction? Ooh, I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh, I got the dreaded there D-cell text. Yeah. D-cell just was like, Ugh. yeah, I know the college football playoffs came out, Tom. I got the old <laughs> college football playoff text message. Uh, it's just a friendly reminder. Leave for a day, and this guy, I want, I want to talk about cooking with gas, bro. You don't want to talk about the fact that my hotel doesn't have keys. They have bracelets that I have to wear. On your hand? On your wrist. It's super weird. That's not your wrist, Bill. If I were going to – it's my hand. Well, I put it on my hand so you could see it. If oh. I were going to rank key approaches, right, they'd be somewhere like the University of Iowa. All right, college football – D-Cell, you, you take the leader. What do you, what do you want to say about college football playoff? What, what are you interested in? <laughs> uh, I like it. I want, I want this to be, you know, collaborative. I'm interested in the fact that the, <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles of college football, that would be TCU, still undefeated, but nobody believes they're one of the best teams in the country – uh, got in by default last night. Number four right now, TCU. Oh, I like that. By the way, both of our feet up. I like that take. They're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think anyone believes at the end of the season TCU will be there. But where we are right now last night, the committee really had no choice but to put them in. What is more likely, because obviously they control their own destiny now. Tennessee fell to five, and I mean, the committee, I, I think, got it right. Georgia won, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four, Tennessee five, Oregon six, LSU seven. LSU is the first team on the list with two losses. You have some one-loss teams after them, USC, UCLA, Alabama all the way down to ten. What would you guys think is more likely? What would you bet money on? The Eagles in the Super Bowl, I almost said NFC Championship game. Eagles in the Super Bowl or TCU in the college football playoff? What's more likely? I'll bet on the Eagles making the Super Bowl. Really? Me too. I'm with Bogus. Even though TCU just has to win out. Right, but that's the thing. They just have to win out, and that's my concern And I know because most people – now, I said yesterday on the show, I would have had Tennessee at number four for now, even knowing that they really can't go forward. And eventually they might be jumped by TCU or somebody else because I just think Tennessee is better than TCU head-to-head. And the problem with TCU last week was that it seemed like it was held against them. They keep falling behind teams needing to rally to win. And you can look at that two ways. And I look at it the way of they're going to get burned one day. That you can't play with fire – of gas or electricity or wood that much and keep surviving. You're going to get burned one time. I think they're going to get burned Can't one time. Can't cook with And it might be this weekend. They might, they're might they playing at Texas this weekend. That's a losable game. I think that, for me, the most interesting takeaway, my hope is, it's not an anti-SEC take. It's just a, I want the same rules to apply, that Ohio State and Michigan are 2-3 respectively. If they play a great football game at the end of the regular season and it comes down, it's like we've talked about with SEC schools, and it, it is a it is barely decided, and they're clearly evenly matched. I hope both of those schools get into the college football playoff, or at least are in consideration, depending on what happens with, with TCU. Because now the whole world's open. Because Cle- here's another thing: is Clemson's is, is Dabo's reign has he hit a permanent lull? I don't mean in terms of being bad. I just mean in terms of them. They were they were Alabama. They are they were what Georgia are now. They were a perennial college football 
power that were always in the championship conversation. Like Alabama, if they didn't make the playoff, it was a disappointing season. Now they're a farce. Are either of you willing to give up on Dabo? Uh, I'm not. I can't say it's permanent yet. I can't do it. Diesel, what else is going on? What else do I want to talk about? Listen, you have to you have to take it in <laughs> when I send you a friendly nudge of a text message. A nudge? It's not like it's not like, hey, stop what you're doing. Talk about this right now. It's just a reminder, just so you're aware. You were on the, you were on the phone with me this morning when I was looking for paper at the hotel to take with me to the studio, and I, I couldn't find it. And I was cursing the hotel, and I had put my computer on top of it. It was I got, the, I got it written down. Yeah, it was not. It was not the easiest thing for you to find. A, you know, some paper this morning in the hotel room. How do you say that word? That's spelled N U D G. Nudge. Oh boy. I'm pretty. It's not pronounced I'm nudge, pre- is it? I'm pretty confident that's it's the nudge, word. Nudge, isn't it? Yeah. That, Am I are, doing it wrong? No, I think those are two different words. Oh, like oh, okay. you nudge somebody, nudge something oh, along, give a little push. I'm being a nudge. Right. I think nudge is yeah. It's like more of a slang thing. Like you're being a, a pest, like annoying. You're being a nudge. Don't be a nudge. I sent you a nudge. I sent you a pest. I guess yeah, I was. I was being a nudge. Yes, I need by nudging him. I know. I I don't think he. I think it's a. I just think it's. A, it's okay. I think you were saying like a noodle. I thought it was like a kind of that really mm. confused. It's isn't it nudge? Uh yes. You nudge someone. You can be a nudge. I don't even know what a nudge is. So that's a nudge is like is that a is that an actual word or a, what the cool kids are saying word? Uh, I believe it's an actual word. Yeah, like a pest, an annoyance. D cell. Did you miss me? Did are you glad that I'm back? Yes, absolutely. I missed you guys. This is great. It's good to see you guys. All right. Uh, college football playoff. Anything else? Anything else? I mean, I want to get it all. I'm good. Do you say anything else? Uh, I think it's more likely Oregon is in than TCU at oh, the end okay. of the year. Okay. Wow, really? Yes, and all this talk of three teams getting in from the SEC, I don't even know if we'll get two. We will. We will get one, though. I will... I will stake money on it. Is Alabama done and dusted? They're done and dusted. Yes, as is Clemson. All right. I miss you guys. It's kind of nice being on the same coast as you. It's a lot. 1030 is a lot later than 730. Yeah. It just feels right. I mean, I've already been up for almost eight hours. No, you have not. Yeah. You get up at two thirty in the morning? No, I said almost eight. I was up at three fifteen, so that's somewhere Got between it. seven and eight yes. hours. I'm such a nudge. You really are. Right. I should nudge a book towards <laughs> I, you. I really, man, this guy in the bar though. Like, I just, I don't know if I'm judging him harshly because I guess I don't know how old he is. Seventy. I guess he's still going for it. Like, does a seventy-year-old man think he is going to pick up and spend some romantic time with thirty and forty-year-old women? Like, is that just, does that happen? I mean, I'm sure it happens. He doesn't look like Robert Redford. Right. I mean, I think the question is, has it happened enough to keep him going, or is he literally on an actual completely winless streak and he just cannot give up the game? It only has to happen once, right? Just one time is is all it takes. To keep going? I think so. In perpetuity? I was wondering, does he stay at this resort, or does he live nearby and walk over? B. I think so. 
It's B. It's 100% B. Yeah. Well, you're pretty. You're prettier than a star or something. I was like, right, bartender, another drink, please. He's and na- my noise cancellation headphones. He's <laughs> needing like 1930s movie scar- starlets. <laughs> you're as pretty as... We're cooking with electricity now, young thing. Okay. One time I didn't. Um, <laughs> Diesel, what is up next in the show? Uh, the debut of NBA Power Rankings. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mean. Let's do it after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for hanging out. Maybe we'll dive into this a little more tomorrow. But there is some reason to think, credit where it's due, Diesel, even though I like the college football playoff and I think what it's going to look like, have you seen some of the folks out there every week live showing us what the actual bracket would look like and pointing out maybe it's not as thrilling as it could be? I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't know if I agree or not, but yes, I have. I have dabbled with it. You you make some you make some good points. Well, maybe tomorrow we'll get into what the playoff picture would look like if there's twelve teams, and whether you care about the teams in the ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen range. But right now, and this is exciting. Oh, I got a little I got a little nose point thing. What do we call this? Where you touch your nose, you point at, at your good buddy. I have no idea. We don't, know, we don't have a name for it? If you know sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R, let us know. Then we'll be cooking with electricity. Uh, are you ready, Diesel? Are you ready? Are you okay? Are you? I wish we streamed the show so people could see your face. Are you ready for the debut edition of NBA Power Rankings? I'm ready. Then let's go. Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NBA Power Rankings. Number five. I cannot believe that I have the Utah Jazz on this list, but how can I not do it? It doesn't It doesn't even make sense, but they're third in offense this year. Uh, by the way, for the purposes of all these conversations, it's offensive efficiency. It's offense or defense per 100 possessions, right? It, it adjusts for pace of play. It's the better stat. It's the fancy stat. They're doing it with Laurie Markinen and, and, and Jordan Clarkson. And I, I actually I like Colin Sexton. I mean, and then a bunch of a bunch of random guys. It's and by the way, Sexton's just barely back. It's it's they're they're top ten in defense. D cell, I gotta put them on here, right? Is this the first team, the first franchise that is annoyed that they made the writer than you power rankings? Hundred percent. In fact, I'm not supposed to talk about sources, so I'm not in any way telling you that Danny Ainge called me and said, Bill, you know I love you, and we're cooking with gas here, but I need you not to put us on there. That's not the goal. I'm, I am not telling you Danny Ainge did that or sent me a fruit basket or, or any of that, okay? Utah Jazz, enjoy it because I don't think you're very good in the long run, but you are right now. And by the way, 20 games is a real sample size. We're at 12. I think they're 9-3. and three. We're getting close to having to consider this being a real thing. For the moment, Danny, I'm sorry. Number four. This is hard, by the way. It's a really interesting, crowded NBA picture. I think the best two teams are clear. Where to go in the sort of two, three, four, five range is difficult. I've got the Boston Celtics here. And they're seven and three, and there are a lot of teams in the NBA 
like the Hawks, like the Raptors, like Phoenix and the Trailblazers and the Nuggets and the Mavericks and the Grizzlies and the Clippers who are in that 7-3-6-5 range, right, clustered together. The thing for me with Boston is, A, they were in the finals last year. B, you have in Missoula this young coach that had to come in for Ime Odoka, someone that's always going to have an adjustment. He's well-regarded, but he's extremely, extremely young. They have the best offense in the NBA. The problem this year has been defense for the Celtics, but it's been better the last two or three games as they've won some big games. And I think it always made sense that there was going to be an adjustment period to Adoka leaving because those players love that guy. It's not just a problem tactically. It's a problem for that locker room, right? Someone that they believed in is gone, humiliated, embarrassed, may go coach their rival. And that is going to express itself in effort such a catch-all. But defense requires effort, energy, focus, and for lack of a better term, not being depressed as a squad. It just does. I think they're going to get better defensively, and I think this team is going to be the team we expected, which is one of the real contenders in the NBA this year. Number three. I love power rankings. Uh, Give me the Phoenix Suns with a, a pinch of salt here of skepticism. Diesel, why a pinch of salt? I don't understand the expression. I have no idea. Is that because that's all you can get with your hand at one time? Like if you're not using a spoon? Like you can really only get a pinch. Isn't there something where you throw the salt over one of your shoulders for good luck? Yes, I have heard of that. I wonder if it's... do Do you believe it? Do you do that? I've never done that before. Knew a kid that had a lucky rabbit's foot. And I thought it was weird because it was once a rabbit. It was. I've got the feet. I think that's a requirement. I've got, yeah, but that poor thing was hopping around the earth. Now it's your lucky, not lucky for the rabbit. The lucky talisman is a, is killing a rabbit and taking its foot and carrying it around. Ah, uh, here's my, my lucky bird skull. What are you talking about? Now, anyway, we're back to cooking with grease again. <laughs> cooking, we're cooking with grease. Uh, Phoenix Suns are, are, they've just, they've been excellent. I do think there's a bit of a drop-off from Chris Paul, and he's still playing at a high level. His IQ is amazing. If you watch some of the Suns game, you you may have noticed that Chris Paul is not the sure-thing offensive firepower player that he can be, which has been important late in games, late in seasons. But, man, Devin Booker's a stud. They're really deep. When DeAndre Ayton's out there, I like what he provides. It's just it's a really, really good basketball team, and as they've been in the mix the last few years, at least early on, they're in the mix now as well. Number two. Give me some Cleveland Cavaliers. I I don't have a I called it button. I wish I did. I called it. I'd have to have Aaron Rodgers saying it because it's really arrogant. It would come out better from him. This Cavs team is awesome. I love Cleveland as my sleeper team before they got Donovan Mitchell. And I thought Donovan Mitchell would provide potent, or certainly massive firepower in the postseason. A guy that whatever his shortcomings as a top 20 player who's inconsistent at times in Utah would come into postseason games and be capable of scoring 30 or 40 or sometimes 50 points in those games where they just need it. You need a guy that can get buckets. Diesel, I don't think it's crazy to suggest he might be, I have to dive into the numbers more, but just on watching a bunch of games, he might be a top five player in the NBA right now in terms of current performance. And that is taking, what are you laughing? No? No, I'm not laughing at all. I I think that's saying a lot, but right now it's hard to argue. He looks like he might be, right? And Cleveland is great defensively. That young core they've built is continuing to grow, I think, by leaps and bounds. They're really well coached. They like each other. And Donovan Mitchell clearly fits into that team perfectly on and off the court. They would be number one if not four. Number one. Your Milwaukee Bucks. These guys look so good. Have only lost a game. And the interesting thing, if I can geek out a little bit on the numbers, 
is that normally a team this dominant and that, that has an honor as as rarefied and important as being on this show's power rankings at number one is excellent offensively and defensively. Now, they're the best defense in the NBA. They're actually not great technically offensively. They're 19th in offensive rating. The thing is, if you watch the games, is that Giannis is a historically great player, I think. I think he's actually the next Durant in the sense that when LeBron retires and Durant retires and Steph is gone and we're talking about legacies, Giannis has a chance to be top 20, top 15, top 10. You know, we'll see. There's a long way. But he's got two MVPs in a ring already, and he's young. And you see that in these games. He can be the individual offense by himself on his own because they've got some injuries on this team. When they need buckets, he goes and he gets them. Honorable mention. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets here. I'm not sure what to make of them. They're a little inconsistent, but I like their ceiling a lot. Here's your participation trophy. I mean, this one goes to the L.A. Lakers. At 2-8, and eight, people are actually in the market. I live in Los Angeles celebrating these guys because Russ is, quote-unquote, shooting better. They're 2-8. and eight. Participation's all you're going to have. I think that's good. You, you want to do one, Diesel? Better luck next time. I'm going to do this for better luck next time, Kawhi and the Clippers. I hope he can get back on the court. Yeah, that's something we, should, we will talk about when the NFL season goes away. Kawhi Leonard's utter inability, for whatever reason, to be able to stay healthy over the last few years. All right, uh, you know what's healthy? Hanging out with Brady Pinga. Billy Boy! That's what he's going to say. Two to one. NFL <laughs> former player joins us next on CBS Sports Radio.